It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's Jason Wildey with Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers on ESPN Wisconsin. It is the Aaron Rodgers Show, Tuesdays with Aaron. Musical change-up, does this meet with your uh, approval? You had asked for new music. No, I hadn't asked for new music you specifically. You What would you say you did? Uh, I just Testing mix it fish? up every now and then. There's a lot of great 90s uh, music. Contrary to the movie uh, The Rustler, in which uh, they make jokes about how bad the mu- music was in the 90s. Have you seen that movie? Uh, is that the Mickey Rourke one? Yeah, Mickey yeah, Rourke and Mr. Tomei. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the 90s was uh, an incredible decade of music. And I just, now that, you know, it's I think it's kind of because I got my, uh, here's the little Ford plug here, I got my, my new F-150. Um, nice. And... You get six months of uh, satellite radio, so I can. Uh, I got all my stations plugged in. I got, uh, you know, the coffee house. I got the blend. I got the hits, uh, and and I also have nineties right. on nine. five forty ESPN when you switch over to the AM dial, of course. Yeah, of yeah, course. whatever. Um, hey, speaking of music, I saw your guys uh, and Berlin were playing in Milwaukee on Sunday night. You didn't. I have. You didn't. Couldn't make, make it, it down. Yeah. Couldn't make it down. Much to their disappointment. Well, let's talk. They got about a new it. album out, though. Do they? Yes. Yeah. Have you listened? Yes. Is it good? It is. Have you listened to Pearl Jam's new album? No, I have not. I've yeah. heard nothing but good things about yeah. it. Yeah, I apologize. I'm going to get on that. Yeah, you, that is your homework for next week. So uh, I know you're a busy guy. You got a lot of other things you got to do too. But how about getting your first place team ready for a divisional game against the Minnesota Vikings? You're four and two. We're kind of at the about one-third of the way through the season. How do you feel about where this team is at after uh, the Six win over the Browns? Six out of 16 is uh, it's a over little a more than one-third. Well, but uh, it's less than a half. 37.5% so. somewhere in that genre area. I love doing a show with a smart guy. Yeah. Uh, it is, it's interesting how much can change in this league in four weeks. That just, uh, you know, we were one and two, going into a bye with some injuries, and and now we're sitting at four and two with uh, a half game lead on our division rivals, with a you know big stretch of two games coming uh, against two division opponents. So it's uh, exciting time. Also, we're dealing with some uh, some key injuries, and we're going to need uh, some young guys to continue to step up and play well uh, until we get some of those guys back. Obviously, the latest injury and and the most serious is Jermichael Finley, who apparently has a bruised spinal cord. What's um as his teammate and his friend, what's going through your mind? On the field, you talked a little bit about it after the game, and then now with a little bit of distance, I guess how are you feeling now, and and how big of a loss is this for your team? If we talk not just in personal terms, but in in football terms as well. Yeah, it's, it's a weird situation. You know, I was I was very close with Terrence Murphy, uh, who uh, we were roommates uh, our rookie year, and watched Terrence go down to a neck injury in '05 at Carolina uh, was really tough. Um, and it never gets easier. It's it, you know then dealing with Nick, and Nick and I were both drafted in the same draft class, uh, and uh, just what a talented player uh, he was and probably still is. Um, and to to see him go down with a neck injury and then Jermichael, um, you know it it, it never gets easier. Uh, it really doesn't. It's it's tough to watch as a fan when you're watching a game and a guy has to get carted off. Um, 
and and it's even tougher as a teammate to, to see your guy down there on the field uh, not really moving. Uh, you're just hoping to see some uh, movement in a leg or a hand. Um, I think the medical staff they do a, they do a real good job now of, of isolating the neck and keeping that uh, locked into place. There, um, you know, there's there's been some you know some great example of uh, of taking care of guys when they've been in the situations and our staff did a great job of that but it's tough to watch your buddy down on the field um you know and, and i you know i was able to go uh go and see him at the hospital and and uh i was definitely encouraged by his improvement uh and the movement he's making but uh you know it's it's a it's a big loss losing a guy like that and and you never want to see uh you know one of your brothers uh go down to an injury like that He's obviously been playing very well. He had production in the game on Sunday. Uh, there was a video posted Tuesday afternoon of him walking down the hallway. Uh, there's some reports out there that he, the doctors think he'll be able to play again. My question is, uh, talking to some of the guys after the game, Jordy, it looked like he had some tears in his eyes as he talked about it. I know Andrew Corliss did as the quarterback and the guy in charge in the huddle. How do you, how do you snap guys? out of that because that can't be and it's tough for you too but it had to be tough to get focused back on work you guys ended up driving for a touchdown but what was that like yeah it's a weird feeling uh it's a it's a different feeling when you're uh you you, you know for me uh, you're worried about him I, I went down to a knee was talking was sending up some prayers and just hoping to see him put his thumb up uh, as as he left the left the field signaling that he was going to be okay um I said after the game what I meant. Uh, it's our worst fear, I think, as, as athletes, uh, to not be able to walk off the field or the court, um, you know, on your own power. Uh, that's a scary thing and, and something that we all really worry about uh, from time to time. Injuries, you know, it's, there's a 100% injury rate in this league. Everybody's going to have an injury at some point. That's part of our game. But... You just pray that uh, you don't have one of those serious ones that uh, either causes you to not be able to play the game you love uh, earlier than you want, or that uh, you know potentially could uh, hamper your uh, your future uh, ability to be an active uh, an active person. So we know the risks we take. Uh, it's a it's a physical game, but. Uh, we get reminders like this of, uh, of how delicate uh, it is at the same time. So what did you do to kind of snap the guys out of it and snap yourself out of it? Well, I, I don't know if there's anything that you can necessarily say in those moments to, to get those guys uh, refocused. Um, luckily, you know, one of the one of the things that's been shaping up the last few weeks is guys have been stepping up into a greater leadership role. I talked about TJ last week, and, and Evan, Evan actually addressed the huddle after that uh, and gave us uh, a couple words. Um, and and we we kind of went went from there. So I was I was proud of Evan to step up and and, and continue to increase his leadership role. Uh, that was uh, unprompted, and uh, usually those speeches, those quick words, are are the ones that resonate with you when they're um, very genuine and authentic. And I appreciate Evan in that in that moment. And uh, we just tried to refocus and uh, finish that drive off uh, the way that uh, way we wanted to. You um. You talked about the identity of this team being formed. How is the number of, I mean, Jermichael's just the latest, but on both sides of the ball, you've had a lot of injuries. It's not exclusive to you guys. The Colts have a bunch of injuries. There's other teams too. But how is that influencing the forging of that team identity that you've talked about as the process goes on here? 
I think it's definitely influencing it. I, I think I think you're seeing uh, you know the offenses, offensive and defensive lines really taking uh, you know taking over the team per se. Uh, you're seeing these guys really uh, step up into greater leadership roles. They're playing really really well. We're running the football well. We're stopping the run well, and those are uh, you know two important components to being the a championship-style team, which we, we strive to be, is being able to stop the run and finish games off uh, running the football. So we, we like uh, the way that's going. Uh, that's kind of uh, the way the team is shaping up. Uh, the big fellas are taking greater leadership roles and, and playing really well, and, and we're trying to make as many plays as we can on the outside. It was fun to see Jarrett step up and have a real big game. Uh, Miles got a lot of action, was able to make his first catch, and uh, those guys are going to continue to play a bigger role and until we get... Uh, some of those other guys back. So you talk about leadership, and it's spread over not just you, obviously, um, but as one of those leaders. How do you, what's your role in setting expectations, and and what's it like in the huddle right now? I mean, the, at different points Sunday, the guys in the huddle were the skill position guys were Jordy, Jared Boykin, Miles White, Andrew Corliss, Brandon Bostic, and Jake Stoneburner. And that is not the group that you would have expected to see, especially the way you guys have played this year, where it's been. Basically the same five guys play after play after play. Yeah, that's true. You know, I threw a deep ball uh, in warm-ups to, uh, to Harper, and I'd actually just met him the night before uh, and saw a guy walk into the ca- the uh, over at the hotel at the Radisson, uh, saw him walk into the food room, and I usually like to introduce myself uh, right away when I, to, to anybody new who comes, comes in and got to meet him and uh, was actually joking with him in the pregame about throwing him a touchdown asking how many of the plays he knew. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's a part of our game. Injuries are a part of our game. And uh, I was proud of uh, the way the guys stepped up, especially Jared getting a lot of opportunities. Um, those guys, Jake, Brandon Bostic, Andrew, you know, Miles, they're going to get more opportunities. And um, this is their chance. This is what uh, they dream about, it, you know. There, there's always going to be these opportunities. At the beginning of the season, um, I remember an old baseball coach telling me that uh, you know he, he would address the team and say that everyone in here is going to get an opportunity at some point. Uh, you might only get one or you might get a number of opportunities, but make sure you're prepared for those opportunities because the team is counting on you to produce when you get those opportunities. And sometimes you wish you'd, you know that, that there was that reminder uh, before every season uh, if the guys needed that uh, because here we are. And we have guys who we didn't count on uh, to be playing big roles for us, getting opportunities. And you just you hope that their professionalism and their work ethic um, has put them in a position uh, to be successful. And that's why I'm so proud of a guy like Jarrett, because you see how hard he works, and it translates into a real good performance. Who was that baseball coach? I'd have to think about that. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I just always assume that you can remember Probably Big Joe everything. Kemp. Yeah? Big Joe, yeah. That was at uh, Pleasant That, that was up at Raleigh Hills Little League oh, okay. in uh, uh, Portland, Oregon. All right. Um, the, uh, if there's an upside to the injuries, and, and I don't think there's a, a silver lining necessarily, but other than it would appear Jermichael, you know, even Cobb, who is on IR with the designation to return, you could get all those guys back. Is there a feeling, you know, maybe James Jones could be back this week, Mike McCarthy suggested. Um, is there a feeling that, you, you can look down the, the tunnel and see that light in terms of the injuries, or is it you focus day at a time, we just got to figure out a way to get through this week and then the following week and so on? How many cl- cliches do you want me to drop right now? 
I think I dropped like six, so you <laughs> could you probably That's you could go with zero. Would go I would, for yeah. yeah, we're just gonna take it one day at a time, uh, one game at a time, one play at a time. Uh, it's like a Bull Durham uh, yeah. live action. Hey, this is uh, this is the way our season is shaping up. We have uh, two division games coming up. Uh, we got ten games left. No guarantees on those guys coming back from the injuries immediately or in the in the long term. Uh, last year we had Cedric on the designated to return list, and he wasn't able to play the rest of the year. Hopefully, that's not the case with Randall. But uh, you know, as as is the case with uh, Jermichael, you know, the most important thing is those guys uh, being healthy at some point, and not uh, not coming back quickly or too soon. And uh, in the meantime, a lot of guys have opportunities, and we're expecting them. Uh, to play well, and there's an accountability around here that uh, resonates with everybody. That regardless of who's out there, uh, we're expecting you to play well, and I think we all learned that back in 2010. We'll go uh, inside the helmet in a minute. A couple of things, though, about the offense before we do. Was it a conscious decision by you and Mike to say we're going to do what we do on offense? Uh, you know, there was not. You guys came out and threw the ball for seven plays. I mean, th- did you guys kind of say? Look, we're not gonna suddenly start just running the ball all the time or anything like that. Or what was the week leading up to this like, knowing the injuries that you had? I would say that, that more than anything, it was the way that Cleveland came out and played. They dictated us throwing the ball that many times to start that game. They played the base defense, their three-four defense to our Tiger personnel, which in the past we've seen a lot of nickel because of Jermichael being uh, such a good receiving tight end. Um, but uh, Cleveland played a lot of base, so in in that case we had some run-to-pass checks, and we uh, decided to, to throw the ball. We're a little worried about the weather as well. I think we there was uh, definitely some thought about uh, getting points on the board before the the steady rain came down. Uh, thank God we didn't have uh, didn't have that. It was definitely misting at times, and the ball was uh, was slick. But uh, we didn't have the steady rain that. Uh, Matt Klein, weatherman Matt Klein, told us was coming. <laughs> He's got a very various jobs. He holds the sign, keep calm, and uh, carry on. Right, that was his job when he had uh, you guys. Who's the mole in the locker room? Is telling you this stuff. Uh, AJ Hawk told us that part yeah. of the story. What did you think of the theme? Did you like it? You're a history buff. It was yeah, it was uh, interesting. Yeah. The um, the other question I mentioned the seven straight passes, but. Obviously, Eddie had production as well. Just how is he changing the game? I mean, I know we, I feel like we talk about him every week, but he continues to deliver for you guys and get you, you know, that, that running game that maybe hasn't always been there. Yeah, he's a stud. I mean, he's a big time player. He's a winner. He knows how to play the game. He finishes his runs. Uh, he's a tough kid. He's smart. He cares about it. He's got a great charisma about him, a great uh, attitude around the locker room. I think, you know, the, the key is to, uh, to continue to remind him that uh, he has a great upside, and this is, uh, you know, we expect consistency every week, and, and consistency is the uh, antithesis of complacency, I think, in, in our business. Uh, if you're not uh, getting better, you're getting worse, and uh, consistency is to continue to play at a high level. So um, we expect Eddie to, to continue to get better. He's very well coached. Alex has those guys dialed in all the time, and... Um, yeah, I'm impressed with him. I'm impressed with Jonathan and the, and the, the growth that he's shown. It's great having John back out there. He's a, he's a steady hand uh, in, in our third down situations. Um, occasionally, uh, you know, some funny, 
funny comments and and uh, coonisms, one-liners from John. Uh, you know, come out from time to time that you look forward to. But uh, but I'm proud of those backs, and they're definitely changing the way teams are playing us. One other thing about Eddie, he seems so laid back and easygoing. Is he like that with you? I mean, what what is your kind of perception of his personality? I think he's got a great personality. I think he's he is laid back. He enjoys a good joke. He has one of those contagious laughs. I'm not going to put it on the Tony Palmer level. Tony Palmer had the uh-huh. the most contagious, incredible laugh that just you couldn't help uh, start laughing. Ryan Pickett has a very similar laugh. Not quite Tony Palmer level, level again, but Tony's kind of at the top, and then Pick, and then Eddie's kind of sneaking his way up the up the laugh boards there. But uh, he's he's fun to be around. He, he cares about it. He puts the time in. He's very sharp, uh, but. Uh, but he's he's always uh, always good for a laugh as well. Let's go inside the helmet from Sunday's game, the victory over the Cleveland Browns. You were asked about this after the game. Um, I have to admit, as the play was unfolding, I thought this is exactly the inside the helmet I want to ask about. We'll see how much you're willing to divulge. Um, it's third and five, usually a passing down. You step to the line of scrimmage, you make a change, give the ball to Eddie, and 13 yards later he's near the goal line. What uh, Take us through that play if you would be so kind. I, I can't give uh, I can't give out a lot of details about that play. We're, we're trying to okay, why can't we're trying to minimize our uh, our info that leaves that leaves the uh, the loose lips that uh, that sink ships sink ships occasionally around here. I, I'll I, I will I will say this: I have a lot of confidence in our offensive line, and that's a play that probably wouldn't happen. Uh, in years past, that's a passing down. They're playing uh, man coverage. They're bringing uh, T.J. Ward down there uh, to help out. Probably uh, on Jordy inside. Um, decided to, uh, you know, we, when we have run pass options there, it's it's kind of depends on the look often. And there's a lot of dummy dummy calls that go into it. Uh, luckily, I didn't. Uh, you know, there were a few guys who may not have gotten the uh, the. Uh, whether it was a dummy or not, but uh, we had enough guys blocked inside for for Eddie to have a, a gash there and get us the first down. But uh, a lot of times in situations like that, you know, we'll have a mindset of uh, it's four down territory. Now usually maybe a little farther back, but uh, in that situation you feel very confident with the angles we had up front that Eddie was going to be able to get the the five yards. You, um, Tom Clements, talked a little bit about it with us yesterday. He said you're batting over 900 on. Making your run pass. Is that OPS or is that uh, average? I think that's just batting average. Okay. Yeah. Um, what um, what is the challenge there for you? Do you enjoy that aspect of the game more than maybe anything else because you get to use your brain as well as your physical ability? And 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 what's it like when you don't get it right? Are you are you really mad at yourself? I mean, what what's the kind of general feeling of, of that responsibility? Wow, it's it's it is a responsibility first. I think that's that's the way I, I view it. Uh, the guys are counting on me to make the plays I'm accustomed to making. Um, you know, I think it, there's a, a reminder every year when new guys come in, uh, the way they look at you, the way they talk to you. They've seen you play on TV. They've seen you. Uh, you know, they've watched you as they were growing up. I'm, I'm you know, I'm not that old, but I, this is my sixth year starting. So, you know, a lot of the guys I'm playing with were. You know, in high school, watching me as a young starter, and in co- early in college, and we won the Super Bowl, so they've seen me play at a high level, and they have expectations when they come in. 
and I appreciate that. You know, I I look at that as an opportunity, a challenge to uh, to meet those expectations. And I have, and I'm. It's kind of reversed as well. You know, I watched Eddie play in, in college, uh, in the national championship game. I watched uh, Jonathan Franklin at U, UCLA. You see these guys come in, and you have an expectation that they're going to play well. Also, uh, I know my teammates are counting on me, and it's a responsibility that I have to make sure I'm prepared to play every week. And the organizations count on me. The fans are counting on me. Fantasy owners are counting on me. Including Brett Favre. Yep, yep. Uh, I want to play well every week. I I don't think about all those other things. That's kind of a a 3D view of of my job when I'm out there. I think about the things I can control. Yeah. But when you step back, you realize that you have an important role on this team and a responsibility to to play your best every week. So have you had any of those weird... Like Favre used to talk about how he would have people, come, you know, new guys come and call him Mr. Favre. Have you been called Mr. Rogers? Or nah, I, mean, I, I shut that down pretty quickly there. Uh, you had a safety that Fulton. He came in. I, I saw he like posted an Instagram photo of himself with you. I mean, is that what is that aspect like of of those guys kind of reacting that way to you? Well, I took like four pictures with Browns players on the field after the game. Really. One of them was Tory Gurley, and Tory was here with us, and I always got along well with Tory. Um, but yeah, it was uh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, it, it's it's funny as as I was walking off the field, I'm thinking, man, I'm kind of getting a little old here. I guess <laughs> you know, they they want to get some pictures after the game, but you know, I appreciate the uh, the competitive part of the game. I appreciate the post the post game. It's uh, it's that warrior respect after uh, after a battle and. Um, and I know I have a responsibility as organization and my, and my guys to play well every week, and I appreciate the respect I get from uh, from the opponents and occasionally the opponents' teams' fans. I got uh, I got a little bit off track. One other inside the helmet, and we'll you can choose um, the Boykin pass that's the touchdown or the Boykin pass that he comes up just shy of the goal line. Both of those were obviously big plays. You choose. They're both. It's almost the same play. Okay. Well, I, I I was thinking maybe the one where he comes up short because it was uh, I was a little surprised at where he was on the field and and how open he was. He made a great he made a great uh, great catch and run there. Jumped over the safety yeah. who had slipped. The field was pretty slick. I mean, I saw was him it? slide a couple yeah. times. I slid a, about I think I was averaging uh, almost four yards per slide on the ground. That's uh, butt on the ground yardage there. Uh, but that was a situation we had, uh, you know, they were playing some uh, some basically nine-man box at times there when they expect us to run it, um, having their safeties play really low. This snap they had a, a one-high safety, and we had kind of a, a full fake uh, two-receiver route basically with Jordy uh, running a comeback and, and uh, Boykin running a post corner on the backside. And, uh, you know, the thing that, that strikes you first uh, as you're watching the play on uh, back on film is the protection was excellent. Uh, we have the like a picture when we install protections, like in the off season, and a motto like protect uh, the G, and it's going to be our new picture because you can see the G really good on the field, and the protection is unbelievable. I got about a five yard cushion all the way around um, uh, on the defense, and part of that is uh, the, the the action uh, was good by the back and the line selling it. Um, and then the other part is just the line doing doing a good job of, of stoning those guys in the line of scrimmage. And when you have that much time, uh, you, you expect to complete the ball. Uh, Jarrett ran a real nice route on the backside, and uh, as I threw it, 
uh, Buster uh, screen actually slipped on the play, and um, then he got up quickly, and Jarrett was able to cut it inside. As he cut it inside, the safety slipped and kind of took Buster out, and it was Gibson that I think slipped. He jumped over him, and uh, TJ made a nice tackle there on the one. Uh, you felt for him because that would have been his first touchdown. Uh, fortunate enough to give him another opportunity later in the game. Um, but uh, but just a very, uh, very good route. One of those routes where uh, I think he ran it so well. Uh, obviously, he's very well prepared and he's very well coached, but I think he ran it well. He ran it with a lot of confidence, that route. It was, it was a very mature route uh, as he broke to the inside and then back to the outside, and uh, I'm really proud of him. He's a confidence guy, like I've said, and, and when he's playing with confidence, he's very difficult to guard. Let's look ahead to the Vikings. What have you seen from their defense? You obviously saw this team three times last year. Uh, is there much carryover from those experiences? Very different than the last two weeks where you've played on common opponents. Yeah, there's a lot of carryover. It's a lot of guys you played against for a long time. Uh, there's a, uh, I know from my side, and I, I hope I feel they feel the same way. But there's a great amount of respect that exists between uh, between the teams. We've played a lot of games against each other, and you line up against a guy like Jared Allen. I've played against him uh, just about my entire career uh, as a starter. Kevin Williams, Chad Greenway. Um, you know, it's it's uh, Brian Robinson's been there a, a long time, obviously. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a group that's very talented that that can do a lot of things, can throw a lot at you. Uh, Henderson is is playing very well in the middle. Um, I don't want to make a comparison because I know how brother comparisons go, but played against his brother EJ uh, for a long time, and Aaron's playing very well uh, inside. Um, the back end, you know, they had a, a, a little bit of uh, some injury issues, but uh, those guys, for the most part, are a year older um, and, and are very talented guys. they got a young a young guy from Florida State playing the outside as well. Um, you know, watching the game last night, they did a, they did a nice job. I mean, they um, they had a short field uh, on, on one of those uh, touchdown drives, a three-yard touchdown drive, I believe, and for the most part, they, uh, they did a nice job of stopping the run and, and stopping the pass. I don't think... They gave up, uh, you know, 300 yards of offense at the most. So they got to be feeling good. Um, they're, they're playing at home. They're a different, uh, different animal at home uh, with the noise that uh, that crowd can generate. Uh, hopefully, at this point in the year, uh, there's going to be uh, a number of Packer fans, which can help uh, quiet uh, some of that noise. But you know, when you play in Minnesota, it's going to be a, uh, a tough challenge with that noise. We, uh, we have Greg Jennings in the conference call tomorrow as reporters. I have to admit that I've been trying to figure out what I'm going to say or ask him. Um, if you guys bump into each other on the field, obviously with what was said during the off season, how do you expect that interaction to go? Well, I'm not going to approach it uh, you know, with any, uh, any bitterness or any uh, malice towards, towards him. I, I choose to remember the... Uh, the great times that we had together, the great wins, uh, the incredible uh, moments, um, and and that's that's what I like to focus on, regardless of what uh, what he wants to remember. That's the things that uh, the positive things that I focus on. But I think we're we're definitely past uh, uh, all that stuff, and and you know. He's he's with them, and I'm focused on the guys that we got and getting those guys ready to play. Let's uh, let's do our Ask Aaron questions. If you want to chime in with your Ask Aaron question, you can send either an email or you can do it via Twitter with the hashtag Ask Aaron. I must have gotten 50 questions about this. I'll give Misty the opportunity to ask it because she did it concisely. So, how were the throwback pants? <laughs> 
Unbelievable. Oh, incredible. What? I think we figured it out, too. I think if, there's been a lot of research because the guys love it so much, and I kid about the research, but I think, you know, some intelligent heads, not uh, Tim Este, not one of them, um, but some other intelligent guys kind of put their heads together, and, and we think that because the stripe, the stripe is a different material than the rest of the pant, that is causing our yellow pants to not be half as comfortable as the throwback pants. Really? Yes. So will you lobby to get yellow, the yellow version of the throwback pants made for you? I think I've done a lot of lobbying for that, <laughs> and I'm not alone. There's a lot of guys. Now, you know what? A, a prime example of what I'm talking about, so I'm not just the only blowhorn up here talking about how how awesome the pants are, is Seneca Wallace. Seneca was one of the first to tell me that day as he put his pants on, man, these are comfortable. I said, yeah, baby, you know they are. There's something about them that are special. John Kuhn, you know, he's put, put some extra pounds around the waist there, but he, even his pants are still really comfortable. The, uh, and, and Seneca's worn a lot of different uniforms, so he would he would have sampled that. Yes. Uh, the follow-up question to that uh, comes from Kyle. He says, after your first down run in the first quarter, what were you looking at and then laughing about with Jeff Triplett? It looked like you were looking at the pants. I, what, I, I think I was a, a little bit uh, upset I got them wet. <laughs> I didn't want to get those pants wet at all because uh, I get to take them home. No, I, I couldn't believe how far I slid. That was the biggest thing. It was like a, a slip and slide. I got on it, and, and there's no stopping. It just kept going until uh, friction finally slowed it down about four yards later. But that was what I looked at, and I was wondering, uh, you know, I, I tend to have some idiosyncrasies where I mess with my pads a lot in the in the gun, like just make sure they're, my knee pads are over my knees. And it's like I, a nervous tick Yeah, it's like thing? an OCD weird. It's like a Nomar Garcia par, with his, which he's do with the batting yeah. glove kind of thing. Uh so I wanted to make sure I didn't have any wetness in those areas I think I was looking at because, uh, you know, the the field was obviously very wet. The ball uh, they did a real nice job of keeping that pretty dry. But when you're throwing, a, obviously, uh, a semi-wet ball compared to a, a slick wet ball, uh, two different types of grips you have to take in order to throw the kind of football you want. So it was more of the field that was wet because it did look like, remember when we talked about center butt sweat? Yeah. It did look like a lot of guys were very wet, but that, that might have been that no, 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 because I had a conversation with somebody about this uh, yesterday as well. I'm not going to say what that was. I think we can all use our imaginations on some of those guys. Mine was was uh, was just uh, was just down the leg there. That was the, the field. I'm a light uh, light sweater. Scott had a uh, question about that third and five run we talked about earlier. He just says, uh, do you need a poker face when you see a gap in the defense like that? As a greater question, when you're making the change, do you have to have a poker face? Do you have to make sure that you're not tipping anything off about whether it's excitement about the play or whatever? Or is that easy? I don't really know what that means, poker face. Uh, I think. Are of, you doing like the Bobby Knight? Yeah, I think the, of the Bobby face, Knight the game face. face. That's kind of what I'm, what's coming to mind here. You have to be smart about it. I, I think the one thing I learned from playing Chicago for so many years uh, against Brian was you had to have as many dummy calls as real audible calls because they would at times check off of your check, and you had to you had to kind of play the game with them. Uh, to get them to do what the, you wanted them to do. Now, that rarely happened because uh, Brian was such an intelligent player. But uh, but you have to you definitely have to be smart about uh, about your mannerisms and what you're saying. A couple more. Uh, Carson, are you participating in Movember 
If so, what kind of mustache are you going to grow, and can I join your team online? Are you doing that again? Yes, November, mustache month. We're bringing it okay. big time. I don't know if you got to get McCarthy I need a little head start. I've been, yeah, yeah, I've been, uh, I told him I was going to do it again. I don't know. He said he was going to. Now, he kind of cut his a little bit early. It was after a game, but it wasn't quite. Wasn't quite into December yet, from okay. uh, from what I remember. He uh, he said he cut his lip shaving, and so he had to grow that mustache temporarily. Were you? I can't confirm or deny that okay. that's uh, that's accurate. It's like making decisions at the line of scrimmage. Two more. One from Mark. What's going on in the captain's photo this week? Uh, I saw our friend Andy made my it. man, Andy Gruber, uh, one of my favorite people at the uh, facility. Uh, known Andy for nine years now, and uh, he's got incredible passion for uh, um, for the Packers and football and life and wrestling, and uh, he's one of my favorite people who can always cheer me up uh, during the day when I see him at the facility. And the last time I, I'm, I was told this, and I, I vaguely remember this, uh, and vaguely for me means I pr- probably remember it pretty good. Uh, Andy was in the, the picture last time we had the throwbacks. Because we didn't do it last year, I don't think. Did you we? did not have the throwbacks Right. Last so the last time we did throwbacks, Andy was in it with me. And so I wanted to grab him for the uh, two years later photo. Guys know what you're up to now. I mean, Sitton's making a goofy face, and it looks like AJ's trying to hold back from laughing. Well, I think they could feel us because uh, I was like, Andy, come on. Get up here. Get in this window right here. Get in between the two. So uh, this is a good uh, – they got to give Andy one of those captain's photos. So I think he'd enjoy that. Speaking of photos, have you seen this photo from the Ravens game where you're – I don't know if you're calling an audible, but it looks like you're pretending to be smoking. Have you seen this on the internet? I have not. No. It's. I'll show you. Is there going to be a, a, a website like a <laughs> smoking Jay yeah. Butler? Yeah. I don't think so. This is the only one that I've seen from you. But nevertheless, our last question uh, goes to Melanie. It's a little bit longer. She sent it via email. She says, "I feel embarrassed that I was frustrated with Boykin last week after how well he played this week, and I'm impressed that you always seem to be able to see players' potential." Over the years, I've seen you trust guys who haven't yet proven themselves in a game. Tell us what you look for and see in your receivers during practice that gives you confidence in them during a game. Not Boykin specifically, but in a general sense. And that's, yeah, that's a, I think that's a great, a great question right there. Um, you know, I'm, since a since a young age, I've been able to be coached by some some great coaches, and a common theme that always stuck with me was practice how you play, um, get done in practice. Uh, what you're going to get done in the game, and and treat those situations like game situations, and that's what uh, you know really pushed me when I was on the on the practice squad, uh, doing the or not the practice squad, but on the scout team, running the scout team. Uh, those guys just trying to make that my game situation, and I've tried to carry over that same type of enthusiasm and energy to our first team reps, and uh, I've always appreciated guys who uh, really sell out in practice, and guys who. I'm looking at this picture now. I'm having a hard time keeping my train of thought. Uh, I don't know what that is there. I have to think about it. That's not some sort of specific audible hand signal, though. I, I Yeah, I, I can't uh, confirm or deny any okay. of that. But right. uh, Go back to your more serious answer now. Yeah, so I look for guys who, who give you, uh, you know, give you good energy in practice. But more than that, the guys who really care about it uh, in the meeting room and, and ask the right questions. Um, the why has always been a question that's been important to me, and when I hear other guys 
uh, ask the why question. It's, it's why are we doing this? Uh, uh, because the the knowledge you can acquire there is is uh, is kind of the root of uh, of plays and the root of understanding uh, the thoughts that go through my mind. And when you can do that, then you can start to think like a quarterback, and you know, then the offense kind of opens up because you understand timing more, spacing why guys get a certain look at a certain time, uh, what routes I'm more likely to get the football. Um, and that's what uh, we've seen from a lot of guys over the years, the big-name guys like Greg and uh, and Jordy and James and Randall who stepped in and, and did that. And then the, the other guys who I, who I love, the Ravel Martins, uh, the Doc Holidays, um, the... Uh, you know, the Jarrett Boykins, uh, the Jeremy Rosses when he got his opportunity, Miles White, you know, guys who step in and maybe aren't thought to do a whole lot, but they care about it enough to put the time in, and and they really uh, they want to be great. And you'd, you'd say, well, every player is like that, right? Uh, no. Actually, you know, there's, there's a different uh, – I think there's a difference between, uh, you know, whether football is your life, and this is something I've been I've been thinking a lot about lately. Is football your life? Like it's something that that you that you do. It's it's who you are, or is it your love? And um, I really feel like when it's your love and your passion, then uh, then you're going to put more into it, and and you you care about it more than if it's just something that you do. It's your life. Yeah, I play football. Um, it, when it's your passion, when it's your love. Um, those are the guys I'm looking for, and those are the guys I believe in, and uh, and Jared Boykin is one of those guys. I kept you longer than I'm supposed to. I know you got to get to a meeting. I, I want to follow up one thing, though, with that. Do you think that Ted Thompson brings in specific guys that fit that mold? Because I, I look at what you guys have done with overcoming injuries and this next man up thing, and it does take a special kind of guy to be able to step in and, and not have there be a precipitous drop. I'm just wondering if you've noticed that from the guys that you work with, that there's something about them that they fit that mold. I have. You know, it's it's the kind of guys that Ted and Mike like. It's guys that really uh, care about it, that enjoy football. I think it's the environment that we've created, though, in the locker room and in, in the organization that uh, there's an expectation for greatness and that there's a, you know, a, a a tangible uh, appreciation and care for for the guys who work here, uh, and and the guys who play here, and the people who who work here. And I think you can feel that when you're a fan. You can feel it when you visit the stadium, and you can feel it when you're a player in that locker room. When you talk to guys who come in, uh, there's not an instant, but a very quick uh, assimilation into what we're doing. And uh, we want guys to feel comfortable. We want guys to be able to be themselves. Uh, but we're going to demand a lot from them and, and uh, expect them to play well. And I think that that paired with the kind of personalities Ted's brought in and the, and the way that Mike does things uh, has allowed us to uh, to have guys step in and play well. We'll be back next week to talk about how the game against the Vikings goes and look ahead to the Bears on Monday Night Football the following week. This has been the Aaron Rodgers Show, Tuesdays with Aaron.